the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. Welcome back to Southern California Live, I should say. This is our number two, but I may be just welcoming you to the first hour of the program. Maybe you get off work around four o'clock. You get in the car, turn us on. We're really glad to have you with you with us. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and brewer of high-octane coffee, strong enough to get you through the afternoon. And it's great to be with you on Southern California Live. We're on from 3 to 5 each and every weekday on KKLA and KPRZ in San Diego. Two hours, which is how long some of you are staying in line at Costco to get the cheaper gas uh, right now. A friend of mine was at Costco today in line. She was showing these on her social media, these pictures of the lines going around the block. And then she said the price was going up, went up twice while she was in line. They just changed the sign on there. Has that ever happened to you? I went to uh, McDonald's one time in New Orleans, and I'm not even kidding. I was waiting in this huge long line right there in Bourbon Street. And uh, should I admit that I went to a McDonald's on Bourbon Street? That probably causes some concern. I was there on a mission trip, actually. Uh, Our church adopted a family whose house was wiped out uh, during Hurricane Katrina. Anyway, see, I was there for good reason. See, you get nervous when you tell people you went to McDonald's. You're worried of what they might think of you. Um, my son, John, when he was a kid, uh, he's still a kid. He's nine. But when he was about two, he would call it McDonald's. I want to go to McDonald's. And so when, when your two or three year old says, I want to go to McDonald's, you have to go, you have to go to McDonald's anyway. So I'm there and I must've waited in line 30 minutes. And I finally get up there and the guy at the register, he says, hold on just a minute. He turns around and he goes over to the board where all the prices are and the, and it used to be, you know, actual uh, numbers that would spin around, not the TVs they've got now. And he turns this crank on the side and he cranks and every single thing on the menu went up 10 cents, all of it. And then he says, can I take your order? And my order just suddenly cost, you know, 50 cents more. What happened there? Anyway, uh, welcome to our program. We want to have some conversation about things going on in the world from a Christian perspective and would love to have your input. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Like I mentioned last hour, uh, I was told by somebody who wanted to call yesterday that I say it too fast. So there you go, 888-528-2557. I could do the the NPR version of it. Thank you for being a part of Southern California Live. The phone number, the telephone number, if you would like to call us, is 888-528-2557. See, that just takes too long. You can't get to it. If you really want to mess somebody up and you're giving them their phone number, don't do it in the rhythm that we all give phone numbers out. Give it out like this. What's your phone number? Oh, my phone number is uh, 888-528-2557. They'll never remember it. They just It throws them off completely. Just give that a try. It's kind of fun if you want to mess with your friends. But I won't mess with you. 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. All right, so um, war still going on in Europe, and you know something interesting that's happening. And uh, there's a lot of things that are interesting from the standpoint of modern times. 
and what is happening in our modern society for this kind of of war. One of them is all of the the cancellations. You know, so McDonald's did, they said, we're not serving anymore in Russia. What they should do is call it a no-fry zone. They've now made Russia a no-fry zone. Wouldn't that be a good marketing gimmick for uh, the for them? Um, and uh, I heard some. Never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna say that uh, they should just stay open because that's worse for the Russians. But it's a fine establishment. It's it's a fine, uh, you know, fine place. Uh, there's a Cardiff Philharmonic, which is in Wales, and they have decided that they are canceling their Tchaikovsky concert, um, citing it as inappropriate at this time. Does that go too far? Does that mean we can't play, you know, we can't play Tchaikovsky, old Russian stuff? Is that is that what it is? Does the movie channels, do they have to, like, uh, you know, not play Hunt for Red October or something like that? You know, just anything related to Russia, we're just not going to do it. Um, do we need to do that? And there's something about all these companies closing. For the most part at the moment, I think it's great, right, because – Something happening in Russia is the the propaganda is that Ukraine is the aggressor, and what they're saying now is that Ukraine is preparing chemical weapons to be used against Russia, and there's all this stuff, and a lot of the Russians don't have access to outside news, so they are believing it. But then they're seeing their fellow Russians who do have access, who are protesting against the war in larger numbers, risking their lives, honestly. And some of them are getting scooped up. At one protest, 700 people were arrested and taken away, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. Uh, I think it's pretty significant. But one of the things that's happening with all the fast food joints and other companies closing down is you're saying, you know, uh, I wanted to get to my Big Mac. Where, why are you closed? And then you figure out why they're closed. It's, oh, and it's getting that message out. I think that's good for now. It, it worries me about the future of, of corporations practicing warfare. Um, what happens if they just don't like my opinion about something one day? Do they close right before I get there? Uh, they might. They might. I told the story uh, a few weeks ago about my time in East Berlin when there was an East Berlin communist nation, and now they had special places for us to go if you were a visitor from the West, and they were colorful, and you could go get your ice cream or whatever, and it seemed like a normal place. But if you walked down the street, which me and some buddies did, which we should not have done, but we did, and we went into other shops. They just closed the door right in front of us. They were afraid, actually, to serve us. Um, and in those cases, it wasn't because they didn't agree with our opinion, I think. it's I think they thought they might get in trouble with their own government if they gave these uh, high schoolers some ice cream from the U.S. Uh, because we were not in the designated place. So it, it concerns me a little bit, you know, later on that maybe uh, – I'm not supposed to uh, go someplace uh, and they're going to shut it down before I get there because they don't like my faith or they don't like uh, something I said on the radio or something I tweeted out. I don't know. That's that's probably beyond us, but you got to think about those kinds of things. Uh, that's going on. And um, one of the serious things that's being discussed now is the, the chemical weapons being used or being uh, threatened to be used. So what's happening is our government is saying that the uh, Chinese government and the Russian government together are putting out conspiracy theories saying that Ukraine has been developing chemical weapons for a long time and uh, they are getting ready to use them on Russia. And uh, that is what they call a false flag. That's going to give them the reason to attack. Um, Some people have wondered if these attacks on the nuclear plants, on Chernobyl, uh, stirring up the 
the radiation in the ground may be damaging one of these nuclear plants and causing a nuclear uh, disaster, environmental disaster, might be a false flag uh, that would indicate now I can go ahead and use nuclear weapons. It's kind of scary, scary thinking. Um, and what also I found fascinating really is that all of a sudden our government in our intelligence on these things has been pretty accurate, and that's good. And maybe it's because we, we went back to where we were good at it before in the Cold War stuff. We, we have no idea how to uh, do intelligence when it comes to the Middle East. We don't understand. But uh, Russia, we get it. We were doing that a long time. We became very, very good at it. Um, and uh, maybe that's it. Maybe we just haven't adjusted, and now all of a sudden we can be 1985, and, uh, hey, we know how to do that. Uh, that's probably where our government is. What are your thoughts about these things? 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation today. Our government is concerned that Russia is getting ready to use chemical weapons, and the CIA is saying today that we should get ready for some pretty awful stuff. Uh, I hope that we're wrong. Uh, it would be good if we are wrong, but I think that uh, I think that might be the case. I think that's coming. How does that make you feel? Does that does that worry you at all, or do you do you just not? Does it not bother you? Are we far enough away from it where it's affecting us with the gas prices? That will affect us in the supermarket, other things, but we don't, are we not worried about all of that? Yesterday, I promised, and I want to say this before I forget again, I was going to give you a solution, and I'm just going to throw it out here without, without getting into it as much. Maybe I'll save it for another time, but about the energy crisis, I think we should do this. I have as much concern as we have about our country. I like to think that we actually, probably in a time of crisis, have the ability to come together and get something done. Why? With all this, we, we should, in my opinion, we should pump more oil. We should be energy independent. We should be selling it. We should be doing all of this so that nobody's buying Russian oil so long as Russia is acting the way they're acting, or Iran or Venezuela or other countries that are uh, abusing people. Um, but long term, with all of the issues, the issues of maybe a lack of oil one day, it might be 100 years from now or 200 years from now, but it's not going to last forever. Um, with environmental concerns that people have. Why don't we have a major national project to develop actually good, environmentally safe solar energy to do a lot better than just, you know, do a Manhattan project for solar energy like we did with the nuclear weapon and stuff. Do it um, in such a way that we can actually, without carving up all of Arizona with solar plates, to have the technology that works, that's we're not just burying batteries somewhere in uh, South Africa like I think we do with the Tesla and electric car batteries. That just creates another environmental problem. I bet there is a way. Solar energy, it's great. comes from the sun. If there's no sun, we're dead anyway. Let's use that energy. Let's have a, a national movement to really make this work. Let the oil companies be a part of it. Let them spend their, their profits on that because and then let them run it. I don't care if they keep getting rich. Let's do this, and then we can give it to the world. Let energy happen everywhere without people worried about climate change or other environmental things that uh, get in the way of a lot of this. You know that that is one of the reasons that some uh, particularly African nations are having trouble developing now. It's because the West in some of the uh, climate change actions are refusing to do that. Let them because uh, we don't want to damage the environment. Okay, but people are starving to death, and they, they need refrigeration. Um, refrigeration would go a long way with electricity to help end starvation and to help clean water get put in and all of that. 
Anyway, it's a longer longer thing to talk about. Maybe we'll flush that out sometime. Or if you've got some thoughts, you can call me, 888-528-2557. But because I promised I'd say something about that yesterday night, and I got distracted and I didn't, I wanted to put that out there. I think that we as a country together should have a vision for things like that for the future. And I think that solar energy, you know, nuclear matters, that's a good, clean energy. But as we're seeing right now, it also can be bombed, and that would be bad. Um, Solar energy seems like something we should develop, something that should be, I think we're a long way away from it. But I think if we really went there, we would change the world. And I think that would be a good thing. Melissa from Hollywood, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Hi there. Hi, Melissa. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's on your mind? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk, I and mean, this is Christian radio, I saw it. Yes. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, you know, global issues, environmental issues, but as far as biblical issues, I mean, the war that's raging uh-huh. has a lot to do with, um, not that it's okay to kill people and bomb people, but... right. Um, it seems that Vladimir Putin is a nationalist and that the United States has wanted some sort of um, benefit from Ukraine, you know, joining the United Nations and being part of it for a one-world government, one-world religion, mm-hmm. one-world order, and that he's not privy, that he's not, you know, partaking to. And there's yeah. other countries as well. But if you look at biblical prophecies, it's mm-hmm. clearly stated that this is all under God's providence, like, we're going to change the climate? I mean, if you want to, you know, talk about global warming, how about the fact of all the earthquakes around the world all the time? This planet's literally shaking. Why don't we deal with with the global shaking? Let's get back to Jesus Christ, who who is King of kings and Lord of lords, and who is sovereign over all of this. This is his prophecy being, you know, played out so... There's no human power. We didn't earn our salvation. We can't deny it if he saves us. That's something he does, and we're willing to, you know, submit to his lordship. But all this other talk is really kind of futile, and um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's Christian radio, in fact. Well, Melissa, I appreciate appreciate you calling, and I know that... um, uh, and you can't listen all the time, but we actually had a conversation about this a couple of days ago uh, with Philip DeCourcy, and we talked about the the prophetic um, implications of a lot of the things that are going on. And I realize maybe you didn't hear that, and we go there all the time. So what we do in our program is we will talk about the issues of the day, but we want to go into it. We'll get there through a biblical way. So I'm glad that you're concerned about that. That is what we want to do in our program. So I encourage you to listen uh, every day from 3 to 5 as much as you can. And you know what, Melissa, you are right that uh, that's one of the things with uh, some of the catastrophes that sometimes people are worried about. When you read the scriptures, you know, at the end times in the tribulation period, there's a lot of catastrophe, all right? Half the world population uh, or a third of the world population gets wiped out twice in at least two different events, uh, which is half the world population. Um, and people view those things in different ways. Sometimes they view them as just purely a plague that God is pouring out. Sometimes they view it as, well, God's going to use nuclear war or pestilence that um, is is still coming from the Lord, but uh, just part of the system of things. Um, but you are right to realize that what's happening in the world today should not be surprising. And 
In fact, uh, my men's group last week, I've got my men's Bible study tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about current things. And last week, we ended up diving into Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38 and 39, because it's interesting how how what's going on, it may not be specifically this event, but it's interesting what's going on with uh, Putin and Russia and Ukraine and the different issues, how it begins to sound like the scriptures. And one of the things that we are very sure about is that one day those things do happen exactly as they're described, and that's coming. Um, And we shouldn't be afraid of that. We should be expecting that, and it should move us. It should move us to be concerned about the people that God has placed around us who don't know Jesus. And we do try to do that in our our program. So, uh, Melissa, thank you for calling us. And uh, I want to encourage you to listen every day uh, to our program, because one of the other pieces here that I think matters and with the reason we talk about these issues of the day is because you're hearing about it on the news and you're hearing about it probably with whatever radio you might be listening to or you read the news. Um, but you're also having conversations with people in your life. You're having conversations with the people that God has placed around you. Some of those people are not believers. And we want you to be informed, to have a biblical worldview, but also to have an understanding of what's happening so that you're not quoting a bunch of stuff that's just not true or that you got from your you know your social media people who are not you know quoting true things and if you're a reasonable person and a truthful person you're going to have a much better opportunity for sharing Christ which is the reason and you know right now with all this stuff I've been encouraging people for a while go read revelation just sit down and read it take it a couple hours you will not understand all of it and it's there are certain things in it where you really, you can understand a lot in that book actually because it's repeating and uh, emphasizing things that have already been said in the Old Testament. Did you know that there's more in the Old Testament about prophecy and the second coming of Christ than there is in the New Testament? A lot of people don't realize that. There's a lot there. Revelation brings it all together. But even if you don't know all of that, you can sit through and half the book you're going to say, I don't know what that means. However, you will not miss the point of that book. And you will not read that book and say to yourself, I can't see how this happens. No, you're going to read that book and go, oh, I totally see how this happens. I completely understand how this happens. And I think that's another reason why we need to understand what is happening in the world so that when we watch the news, when we see what's happening in our schools, when we see what's happening in the world, when we see um, the different politics and uh, I believe we saw a lot of this with the with the coronavirus, right? So the idea of how quickly the world can change. I've been going back and looking at shows that I was doing two years ago, and I'm amazed because this week is the last week we had of freedom two years ago. This week is when things started shutting down. And the governor, I think it was the 15th, I want to say, or the 16th of March two years ago uh, is when he gave the stay-at-home order. And churches closed and everything happened. What's amazing to me is how much was still happening just a few days beforehand. And we didn't realize that a week from now, our whole life was going to change. Same thing is going on right now with this war over there. We kind of knew this war was coming and we'd been hearing about it. And Putin's putting all these troops out there. Uh, and now it's the number one story in, in the world. It's replaced it. And I think we should know how fast things can change. You can join our conversation. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS if you want to join the conversation. Here's a question that I want to ask you, and I really want to hear what you think about it. Are we too comfortable, and and maybe come at it from two ways, are we too comfortable in the United States with our, our safety and the security 
that we believe we have? And maybe a little deeper, are we too comfortable in our churches? Meaning that in the last hour, we had a whole discussion about the public school and how we can support Christian teachers and how to be involved to protect kids from some of the bad stuff that's happening. Um, are we too comfortable in our churches with just about anything going on? And what's inspired this a little bit with me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, part of it in our, our conversation yesterday, we were responding to this poll that Quinnipiac put out that asked Americans, would you fight if we were in a similar situation to Ukraine? You know, there's obviously a whole lot of issues that come about with that. We're in a different region and we're, you know, we're not you know, part of Europe. We're not border to border with our enemies. There's a whole lot of things that are different, okay? But let's just say that we found ourselves being invaded, and would we stay and fight or would we leave the country? What would we do? 55% of Americans said they'd stay and fight. 38% said that they would take off. The other uh, 7% said they don't know. Um, uh, part of that poll is funny. If you read it, it says not applicable. Like, well, did you call somebody who lived in Liechtenstein? Why is it not applicable? It seems like you should have called people who live here, but uh, that does happen in polling sometime. Anyway, here's my question. Are we too comfortable as a country? Do we feel safer than we are? What are your thoughts about that? Is this an uncomfortable subject? I know some people who called were, uh, I think, uncomfortable with the entire idea that maybe we're not as safe as we think we are. I'm even curious to think, do you feel like we're impenetrable? Is there a theolo- theological belief that you might have that somebody's teaching? Do you feel like um, we are invulnerable uh, to attack, uh, or maybe do we think that? And it's you know, what are our thoughts here? I got some thoughts about that, but I'd love to hear what you think. Eight 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 L A Talks is our phone number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'll get to your calls as soon as we get back from the break. You're listening to Southern California Live. This is the Wednesday edition, hour number two. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. Good to be with you. Little John Denver there. I used to have that. That was, uh, as a kid, that actually was the first, I had a cassette tape of John Denver's greatest hits that was on there. I used to sing that song uh, all the time. And uh, you know that sunshine? I thought he meant the sun, but I think he means his daughter. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Sunshine in my eyes makes me great. It's a, it's a great song. John Denver, the late, late, great John Denver. We are talking about and asking this question. We're talking about current events and asking, are we too comfortable? Are we too comfortable in our country? Are do we feeling like uh, maybe we are, are exempt other than gas prices and economic issues? Are we exempt from being involved in this kind of conflict that's going on? We talked about that a bit yesterday. But also, are we too comfortable in our churches? Uh, I want to explore that a little bit today. And I, I'm going to go to your phones here. You can call us up here in the 888-528-2557. That's 888-LA-TALKS. Mark from Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Mark? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. What, what's on your on? mind, Mark? Yeah, you're on. Okay, yes. Uh, so I, I'm a Christian, and, uh, you know, my, my take on this is, um, you know, God, God is in control. And, uh, you know, we're, we're to pray. But, you know, I'm at peace with, with what's going on in the world because, you know, I live in the world, but I'm not of the world. Uh, this is not my home. <clears throat> and uh, I, I think that right now our country is weak, 
And we're in a different battle. <clears throat> we're in the battle for souls. And, and, and that's mm. pretty much, you know, what I, I think most Christians focus on. It is sad to see. I think um, God has blessed us, this country, and yeah. his protection has been on us, but this culture is not, not what it used to be. Do you think there's any hope for bringing it back? I think that was some of what uh, I think that's what some people are wrestling with. Is is there hope to bring it back of a national uh, repentance? There's so much intolerance and animosity toward Christ and toward uh, faith and, and and God in general. You know, we're coming up on. Uh, you know, I'm an Orthodox Christian, and uh, we just. Start our Ash Wednesday was today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no regard for God in our culture. Not, I mean, there is regard, but in the public square, Christians are being shut down. Nobody wants to hear from us. It's like we're done with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, my focus, and I think every Christian's focus, has to be on Christ and on on God. Yeah. And to save as many as we can, and I'm okay. not. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm a lay person. I'm. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a. I'm just a, a concerned Christian, and I believe you can only do that by loving people to the Lord. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark, for your call. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people feel the way you feel. Um, I like to look for an optimistic um, outlook. Um, we could be in a place where we're in a final decline. That's definitely possible. It's possible there's not going to be another great revival. But I also like to think that that is possible. I like to think that maybe all this chaos going on will finally cause people to turn to God. I think Mark's right. Uh, People don't want to hear it. But I think part of it is because we're pretty comfortable, and it's a lot harder to come to the Lord when things are going the right way for you. It's a lot easier when uh, things are a mess Tom in San Diego. Tom, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Tom, you with us? Yes, Tom. I'm here. Hi, Tom. I, I, don't, I don't hear the other Tom. Yes, yes. All right, what's on your mind, Tom? Uh, well, I, I want to say that, uh, unfortunately, I'm a Christian also, but I was a Christian who's willing to put my life on the line for this country, for the freedom of this mm. country. See, we, yes, Christians and Americans are alike and easy because most of them will not put up the fight to do to keep this country free for religious uh, freedom. You know, don't get me wrong. I, 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 we pray for our brothers in foreign countries that are getting their heads chopped off to be Christians. So all these liberals and stuff like this, like, oh, we won't fight for this country. Oh, but when you allow, when you allow the sick body to last, the sick gets stronger when it kills the body. You have to cut out all since we are, uh, granted, freedom of speech is a great thing. But when the, the freedom of the speech, the weaker will become more than the strong because we allowed them to become that way. That's why the, uh, the, the people that's willing to keep this country free and uh, righteous is outnumbered because hmm. they are allowed to be free. What do you think the righteous can because, do better uh, at this point? Do you, do you have any hope that the righteous well, will be able to, uh, to change the direction that our country can change? But the, what, what happens is we have to stand up and vote as Christians, as uh, 
stop thinking we're weak. We're not weak. The Bible says once your righteousness uh, has been uh, uh, redeemed, once you have got yourself right, go back and avenge the things that are wrong. We're supposed to destroy unrighteousness. Once we become right, we're supposed to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. Well, that, so I when think... us Christians start voting together as things of righteousness and start running for office and taking all these office things will change. All right. All right, Tom. Thanks for calling. I appreciate that. You know, uh, scriptures tell us that God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. I think you got to add that second part there. You know, you always want to put things in the context of what they say. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And we have that. I'm not sure that, you know, we let me back up a little bit. We definitely should vote, and we definitely should be informed and and, and vote well. Um, it's scary how many people don't really vote or who just kind of vote based upon is there a D or an R next to the name, and I'll just vote for them. But we never really ask who are they, what do they believe, what are they bringing to the table. I think we need to vote smart. I think that's part of it. But at the end of the day, we're not going to change things. You know, The votes are going to change because we've changed the hearts of people. And that happens on an uh, individual basis and in a corporate basis in church. You're listening to Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Anahit from Glendale. Anahit, am I saying that right? Yes. All right. Yes, you are. Welcome to our program. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to say um, you were mentioning if there was a war, we would stand up and fight for it. Um, I think that we're already at war mm. because if I don't have a choice to be free to express my opinion without being canceled, uh, that's, you know, I'm already at war. Or um, I'm being pushed a certain health issue on me where there was no such a thing before. I had a choice of um, choosing what goes in my body, uh, that, would, that would be my choice. And I don't have that choice anymore. So I think we're at war. And, um, already, so you're talking about a war, uh, our culture war inside our culture. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why people call it a culture war, right? That, that word seems to, to fit. Do you think, uh, here's just, and I'm asking yes, you just because I'm curious, do you think that if we... Uh, had a a actual war. Let's say we got into a war with Russia right now, military a military conflict. Would we? Would our culture war come to an end, or would it be our end? What do you think? Hmm. What do you uh, think? That's a difficult question to ask. It is <laughs> because you know whoever comes to this country, uh, whoever uh, uh, comes to this country, comes for freedom. And I would think that if the ones who want freedom would stand up and fight, you know? Yeah. Find freedom, all kinds of freedom, because freedom is not just cultural freedom. It's all kinds of freedom. Right. So I would think if you really care for your freedom, then you would stand up and fight for it. All right, um, uh, Anawi, thank you very much for your, for your call. Appreciate your phone call. Terry from Woodland Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you on this fine Wednesday today? I'm great. 
great. I just wanted to add to the conversation that I think a great problem that we have, especially in the church today, is the political differences that we that we entered into when Trump came into office because we never really fought politically amongst ourselves. And I think that that our problem is is that there's so much division in the church that in these end times that we are facing, that we are um, looking at and dealing with, there's going to be so much, it's going to be so much harder because we are going to turn to our brothers and sisters and, and find that they're against us because there's so much division, and that's what they do. They cause division. And Who's, who's the and, they? And then we're, we're who's, not, the, we're, who's, who's the they? Who caused the division? Well, it's 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 the Luciferian Brotherhood. To be honest with you, all right. it's the Luciferian I, Brotherhood that are all together. That are, you know, right. they have agendas and they move their agendas through these wars. All right, and they're Terry, all in it together. Terry, I don't know, but I don't know if there's a Luciferian Brotherhood. I appreciate your calling and what you're saying about division, and I know that's a thing going on, but. You know, I think that we don't need to make it more complicated. I I don't think we just started having uh, political differences in the church when Trump came around. I think maybe they got exaggerated, um, and you know, at that period of time. But I think they exist. They've been, they've existed for a long time uh, in our churches, and it is a distraction in many ways for a long time. Not to say that we we need to not be involved. We do need to be involved, uh, and you know, there are lots of differences that we have. Um, but I think it's a mistake to go down the road of uh, conspiracies that aren't uh, you know, that we can't really do anything about without just – I think we should just acknowledge what the Scriptures actually say, that there is a battle that's going on that's real, and our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, all right? It's against the evil one. It's a spiritual battle that we're a part of. And part of that battle, I think, is that we get confused with – making it something different than what is just very, very plain. Uh, and that's a, a longer discussion, but i got to go on a break here. This is Southern California Live. If you want to join our conversation, you can call me up at 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. That's the number. This is the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live. I'll be back in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. It's so good to be in Southern California alive here in Southern California and live on the radio. Are you still waiting in line for gas at the Costco? Maybe you've been in line for this whole show. I hope they haven't raised the prices too many times while you're in line to get your gas there. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557. We got a few minutes left here, 888-LA-TALKS. And uh, we asked some questions just about uh, our country our, and even our faith. Are we too comfortable with where we are? And looking at, we talked at the top of the hour a little bit about the war and the things going on, the threat now of chemical weapons and other stuff. You know, every moment there's something new coming, and our, our government, CIA, is saying it's going to get pretty bad here, and I'm afraid that that might be true. I'm I'm praying that it doesn't. But an interesting thing, I think, when we think about it, it's, it is affecting us more and more because we see it in the gas prices and we're going to see it in food prices. 
we're going to see it uh, other ways. Somebody just posted a picture from somewhere in L.A. I'm not sure where. Where regular gas is 739. Uh, how about that? Uh, 739 a gallon. Um, Mickey, Mickey, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing? Hey. Hi, Mickey. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Turn your radio down a little bit, Mickey. What's on your mind? Oh, um, I, I was. You, know, you were talking about we're safe in our country. And, yeah. Uh, we, we we had an attack on 9/11 with some guys that came over here. They were roamed around the country, went to San Diego, trained as pilots. They had other guys come and meet them. They didn't know what they were going to do. They put them into the, and they took over some airplanes. And we had the Patriot Act after that, and that that uh, pretty much secured our borders and everything else around us, all the way to other airlines coming into this way. But now we have a border that's that's not really being controlled. The border patrol wants to do better than they can, but they can only catch so many people. So who knows what's coming in now? And they say we're just one catastrophe away from just being bankruptly broke. Mm. <clears throat> uh, uh, make- it's it's, it's frustrating that uh that won't, the, you just don't do anything about the border well the border is an interesting thing it's interesting to me thank you mickey for your call uh that you brought up uh the idea of terrorism and the border because i think that when we when we left 9-11 you're right 19 guys did 9-11 there were other people obviously osama bin laden and all the cohorts and people involved with that but 19 people here pulled that off and it wasn't a tip-off that they were learning how to fly planes but didn't care about how to land uh, I bet that I bet in all the flight schools now that's somewhere in the manual. If the student isn't interested in learning how to land, that should be a red flag. Um, whenever this happened, and something that I think matters about the border, we get tied up about the border with a whole lot of different issues. But terrorism is actually one of the big reasons that you you control a border. Terrorism is, uh, in fact, the one terrorist that we actually caught coming over the border in the United States a few years ago came over the Canadian border, came over the Canadian border and was caught in, um, I, I want to say, Bremerton, Washington, somewhere up there. And he had a trunk full of explosives and other stuff. And his plan was to blow up the Space Needle. Uh, that was his plan. And I, I feel like, um, you know, we have, if we talk about the border issue, um, both sides of that conversation tend to miss something. You know, the left tends to miss the security issues that are there that matter, and both borders matter. The right tends to miss the the um, compassion issue. If you've ever done a mission trip or if you go down to Mexico and build a house or go to a mission trip in uh, El Salvador or Guatemala, some of these places, I highly encourage you to do that and really get to know people and really go to some of the poorest neighborhoods. You will say to yourself, if I lived here, I would do whatever I could to get into the United States. And you'll understand. It doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. You know, I look at it and go, there's one day all those governments down there, they're going to collapse. That's very possible. The president of El Salvador right now is is managing the money of El Salvador in Bitcoin. And it's very controversial. Some people think, you know, maybe he's a genius, but maybe he's an idiot and he's going to wreck the country. Um, and if that government falls and all those little governments down there fall, we're going to have um, a refugee crisis that you couldn't even imagine. It's going to make everything else look small. There are big issues down there of poverty and other things. And I think we as a country, and certainly we as a church, we have an obligation to people right here in our hemisphere and to be concerned about poverty there. The best solution is to help these nations get out of the drug trade, in my opinion. I'm just sharing with you a political opinion. The best 
thing for our country to do related to those issues is help eliminate the drug trade, which, by the way, we're the customers, so we need to stop taking it, stop handing it to people on the street, and uh, because we're contributing to all of that. And we should be investing in Central America and Mexico because the greatest thing that would ever happen is that those countries modernize. Costa Rica is doing a great job with that. They actually have a middle class. They have good health care. They have an infrastructure that's building. And you don't find a lot of people taken off from Costa Rica. What do we do? We go down there and spend dollars and enjoy that. All of those countries could be doing that. They have to get away from uh, the Hugo Chavez remnant of people who were involved with him in Venezuela um, the the remnant of even what was going on with the Soviets um, in Nicaragua. You know who the president of Nicaragua is? Uh, same guy that we were fighting back in the 80s. Same guy that the Iran-Contra scandal, if you remember that, in the Reagan administration, Daniel Ortega. He's the president now. We uh, He was the enemy back then. Now he's the president. I think he's still the president. I should look that up. Those are some reasons why those countries don't develop as well as they could. There's a lot of corruption, but... I think there's a lot we can do, and it resolves that issue. I'm going to encourage you when you're worried about the border and other stuff, make sure you don't lose their compassion, believers. Make sure that uh, you also don't lose your mind, that open borders don't work anywhere. In the history of mankind, open borders are a disaster. It will lead to your destruction. Uh, that, you know, so if you're on the left, you know, that's what that means. And Canada is the same. Uh, like I said, the one terrorist we've actually caught who was intending to do us harm came from Canada. Um, I think that's maybe something that, our country needs to be aware of where maybe we think we're too safe. That's how we started off this segment. You can give me a call. I got like five minutes left. Maybe time for one more call, 888-528-2557. But that's an area of comfort that I'm wondering about is if we're just too, too comfortable, that we don't want to do some of the hard things, that we, we politicize everything to a position of right and left. And believers, I think in the church we do that. When we talk about the politics in the church, what happens? Well, we get right and left. There's a a great sort going on. And you can find uh, churches that are in the right and churches that are on the left with their politics uh, and what's coming from the pulpit and other stuff. And maybe we've gotten away from – it's not to say that we shouldn't be involved in our culture, but I think it's it's very local and relational. I want to encourage you this way. My personal belief is that unless we really are in the end times, which we could be, and that's fine, that's great, that's God's timing, that's, uh, that's going to bring an end to everything that is unjust, everything that is horrible, an end to death, an end to suffering. Jesus returned, come Lord Jesus, come, that's how your Bible ends. Uh, it's both a lament, there's so much hard stuff going on right now, we wish he would come now, but it's also a statement of hope. Hey, this is happening, this is coming, and believer, uh, remember this, your best days are always in front of you if you know the Lord. They really are. But in the meantime, let's not think that God in his forbearance, as we learn in the book of Romans and elsewhere, that God is very patient in his anger and his wrath. Maybe the issue going on with uh, our culture and the culture war that we spoke about in this hour, maybe the actual potential of military conflict in a way that we haven't seen for decades on, in our country, maybe all of these things would suddenly cause us to realize something. I have a belief. I have a belief that our nation realizes that it needs to be penitent, that it needs to somehow change. I think that is at the soul of where a lot of people are coming from with their politics or with uh, even their 
political correctness or whatever it is that they're doing. The problem for our country is that we don't know which direction to be penitent toward anymore. And so we're looking to everything other than Christ. One caller said, you know, we're just not interested. I think that might be true, but I think that I think what actually is true is that we don't know him like we used to. And this is where the church might be too comfortable, where we've turned the church so often into an address, into a building, into our own way of doing church. And it's okay if you want to come. We want you to come to church and we want you to be there. But if you come, you got to do it the way we do it. And we are afraid to go out and outside those walls. My friends, God has put people in your life, people you work with, and that person who disagrees with you politically, that person who uh, you just can't stand because of how they are politically, or maybe they can't stand you, um, you know, that person, that is who you represent Christ to. And I'll bet that that person deep down, when you get through all the stuff, when you push away all the clutter that's going on, that person has a true and genuine spiritual angst, and they need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my friend, you're there to help them see that in the way that you speak, to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, a biblical reason, but also in the way you interact, also in the way you interact, especially when you don't agree about politics. It's easier to have a conversation when uh, you agree with that person and you vote the same. It's harder when you don't. Uh, it's harder when you have a background that's, that's different, isn't it? But the great thing about Christ is that he invites everybody to the cross. Everybody gets saved the same way. You get saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Don't forget that, that that is what we, who we are. We are the representatives of true faith. We are the representatives of the living God who calls us to confess Christ as Lord, to recognize that we all need a Savior. And we know that Savior, his name is Jesus. And that doesn't make us smarter than anybody else. It just means that we're a beggar like everybody else. We just figured out where the the water is and where the food is that is eternal. We can go on and on. I appreciate your phone calls and your thoughts about this. And I want to encourage you. I think that there is a lot of great things that can happen. Be optimistic. Optimism is something that is not devoid of reality. You have to be real. But don't think that God doesn't have great plans, no matter what they are, for our country and for this world. Maybe it's time of a great revival. You know, maybe it is the end times and great, Jesus is going to come back. Maybe we're going to have a revival that we haven't seen for a thousand years, a new reformation, something great. It's possible. Pray for that and pray that God's will is done in your life and around. Everybody, this has been Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you each and every day from three to five. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.